Welcome to It Starts With A Click. I'm Olivia Bossett, fashion photographer and educator, and this is a podcast for fashion photographers looking to build their business on their own terms. Hello everyone, how are you? I hope you're having a lovely week. It's a very rainy and wet day in Cornwall today, um, but that's okay. I'm doing an indoor shoot today, which is going to be really, really fun and I'm very excited to share very soon. I am recording this the day before it goes out. (laughs) I've had a bit of a busy two weeks, so this is the first chance I've had to actually sit down and record something. And if you follow me on Instagram, which is at Olivia Bossert, if you don't, um, yesterday I did a lot of mini story where I shared behind the scenes on how I scan my film into my computer. And it's been really well received. And there was quite a lot of questions about film and shooting film. So because I'm on that kind of theme this week, I thought that I would cover shooting film in today's episode of the podcast because... I think it's a fabulous topic and I think you'll find it interesting. So I'm going to be mainly covering how to get started with a shooting film but before we did that I wanted to go over why I shoot film and when I started. So I'm 27 so that means that I definitely experienced film when I was young. Um, My parents only shot on film cameras until I was probably 12, I want to say, 12, 13. Um, We only had those cameras before then. I think the first digital cameras did start appearing in like the early 90s, but they weren't that mainstream until the millennium. So I grew up with film. I knew going to, you know, the film lab in the shopping centre and taking our films in after a summer holiday and getting them developed and waiting for the films to come back. I had my own little film cameras when I was small that I used to take on like trips or school trips and get developed. I used to take silly photos of my friends. Um, So I have been brought up with film in my life. Um, And then we got a digital camera when I was probably about 12 or 13 Um, And a lot of that changed after that. But I do remember uh, I went on a school trip to India when I was 14. I was really lucky to go on a volunteering trip um, at that age. And I wanted to take a camera with me. And I don't know if this was on, on purpose. Maybe one of the digital ones was broken. I don't know. But I took film with me. I remember having a little... It was an automatic point and shoot film camera that you know you loaded the film in and it wound on itself and it did everything by itself and I took that with me on that trip and I think I must have had four rolls of film something I was out there for two and a half weeks and I think that was possibly the first time that when I was looking through the photos and I remember looking through them with my uncle and he said to me about one shot that's a really nice photograph and he explained to me why it was nice compositionally and uh, visually and all these kinds of things and I'd never really thought about photography until that point. I should mention that my uncle is a photographer so he knew all those sorts of things. So that's kind of my first memory of someone saying that I had taken a nice photograph 
and that was on film. And then fast forward, you know, got my digital camera, I stole my parents' one, the DSLR that they'd bought, and that became my little Nikon D80 that I taught myself everything on. And I I forgot about film until I was probably 18 years old, and people on Flickr were still using film. At the time, everyone was talking about, you know, film is dead, no one's going to be using film anymore, but I had been shooting digitally and wanted to try film. I'd never actually shot film in an artistic way or I'd never learned how to develop it myself in a dark room or any of that stuff. So when I turned 18, I actually asked for a film camera for my birthday and my godfather very, very kindly bought me a Nikon F3 which is a classic manual point and uh, not point and shoot D, uh, SLR, not DSLR, SLR film camera. Um, and I had that for a really long time and I actually used it a lot. It had a little inbuilt light meter. Um, it had the ability to shoot automatic and manual and it was a manual wind on. So I had to put the film in myself and I did, I do remember having to go and watch YouTube videos on how to load film into a camera like that. I'd never done it before. Um, I loved it and I remember getting a few rolls back and being really excited by them but then I you know I moved over to the UK I was living in Switzerland until that point and then I moved to the UK and I started uni and film just kind of got put on the back burner I to be honest I didn't really think about it very much I was so focused on being at uni being in a new country learning all this new stuff at uni making new friends all these kinds of things that film just was the last thing on my mind um so my relationship with it has been up and down since then we did when I was doing my fashion photography degree we that was a digital course so we didn't do film on that course most university courses at least back then this was five years ago um they still shot film or they still taught the students film I assume they still do that now because I think that everyone should, but I wasn't. So we did a week and probably in full, I think three days of film where we were sort of taught a bit. But to be honest, I hardly remember that week. Um, and I don't think I learned a lot. So I I felt, I've always felt quite intimidated by f- shooting film and I, I still do. Um, I still do feel intimidated by it, which is partly why I'm doing it. Um, so I, when, when did I get back to it? When I finished uni, I, I took about a year and a half, two years break from shooting at all. I, I put my cameras down, I felt very burnt out, very drained, and I was focusing on other things. And when I came back to photography, um, I actually, I kind of got back into it via a weird route of wedding photography. And in the wedding photography industry, there is a big movement towards shooting on film. And I always love film images. Whenever I discover a photographer or I see some work and I really fall in love with it, it tends to be shot on film. And I have paid attention to that. I've noticed that over the years. And, you know, that started way back in the wedding stuff. And then when I very made very much made the decision not to shoot weddings anymore um I had done a bit of film shooting of bits and bobs here and there and 
I just knew that I really loved it. But for some reason, I would sort of take film cameras out on shoots, but then not really use them. Uh, And I think that's just because, A, it's habit of shooting on digital. It's so easy to just press the button, not think about it, not worry about it. Sorry, my my dog is squeaking around in his bed today. Um, And I just... And film is intimidating. Film is hard because you can't see what you're doing. You are concerned about what the results might be. And it's a, a new way of thinking. So why did I get back into shooting film more recently? And I'd say that in the last year, I've shot more film than ever before. And I'm loving it more and more. And I'm enjoying the process. So why do I love it so much now? And how am I getting over this insecurity and uncomfortableness? Well, um, I think film is wonderful because it makes you slow down. When we shoot on digital, we can just press a button, take as many photos as we want, and it doesn't cost us a penny. Of course, you've spent the money on the camera body, you've bought the SD cards and any other kit you have, but after that point you don't have to spend any more money if you don't want to whereas with film every time you press the button and and finish a roll of film you then have to pay for it to get processed or if you're I mean um, good on you if you're processing yourself and developing yourself and doing all the stuff yourself but I, I don't do that so that means I have to send my film off to get developed and I now scan my own film in but um, every shot is very precious And you only get 36 exposures on most rolls of 35mm film. Sometimes it's 24. And depending on the other formats you use, you get even fewer photos on a roll of film. I think 36 is the most you can get on a roll of film. So you've only got 36 shots. Now, if you're shooting digital all the time, that sounds like nothing. Because you can spend 36 shots on one one facial expression and one look before you've even moved on to the next. But with film, you can't do that because if you fill if you fill a whole roll with just one little bit of your shoot, you'll spend a fortune and you'll spend a lot of time as well. So I find that film makes me really step back, think about what I want the image to look like. Before I press the button, it makes me look at everything, analyze the light, analyze what my model's doing, how are the clothes looking? How what is the wind doing? Like if we're on location, all these things, and it makes you a better photographer. I really truly think that it makes you look at everything as a whole before you press the button because it's just too easy with a digital camera to not think about it. So that's one thing I've really enjoyed. I've I found that it's creatively challenging for me in that way, and I'm really enjoying the slower process of it. Um, The second point is that the quality of it just cannot be beaten. Um, There are so many film lookalike presets these days that you can download and buy. And some of them are great and I I use them myself. But you just can't beat the way that a film grade of... A a grade of film or a, a type of film produces colour, produces grain patterns. There is so much more quality in film than you could ever get in digital. And 
I love the way it looks. And that that's personal. Like some people might look at film and think, I don't like it, it's messy, it's imperfect, it's not as sharp necessarily, depending on what you're using and what cameras and lenses you're using. Um, but that suits my style and that suits what I like. So for me, it makes complete sense to shoot on film because I'm, in fact, I'm always trying to emulate the look of film in my digital images and that is super hard to do. Film, I've also found, has led me to lots of weird, happy accidents. Um, I think the perfection of digital photography is wonderful for certain environments, like if you're shooting a campaign or if you're shooting um, e-commerce, you need the images to be as perfect as possible. But a lot of what I do is very much storytelling based or editorial based or the brands I want to work with, they want that kind of vibe. Film often brings with it some happy accidents. For example, um, I use, I tend to use a light meter inbuilt into my camera not always, but most of the time I do because I work in a way that's very quick and fast paced and I don't like to be stuck in one place. So I move around a lot. So I'm constantly looking at what the light meter in my camera is telling me. And sometimes it gets a little bit wrong or it's it's measuring off the highlights instead of the shadows. I need to measure off the shadows, etc., etc. So I've found that occasionally I get little mistakes in my shots that I actually really like and that I think are nicer than if they'd been perfect. And I've had quite a few examples of that happen, which part of me is like, that's because you're a crap photographer, (laughs) which isn't true. But I just, I like the unexpectedness of some of these accidents. And don't get me wrong, most of them are, you know, perfectly shot and are accurate and everything. But once in a while you'll get one that you're like, wow, I really messed that up, but I really like that. So don't underestimate those. Sometimes something can look a bit different and technically it's wrong, but I mean, who makes the rules, right? Um, The excitement of the unknown is so wonderful. I absolutely adore, it's, it's almost like Christmas, like knowing that you've got to wait now about, well, depending on how long you need, between three and three days and two weeks sometimes to find out what your shots look like. And the amount of times that I've forgotten, I've taken something and then seen it on film and then been like, oh wow, that's so cool. Um, I get really excited about seeing them after a while. So that in itself is wonderful. You get that from digital in a way um, because you can forget shots as well. But it's just something about getting a roll of film back from the shop down the road or from your lab and wherever you're getting it sent to. And then looking at the, looking through the photos if you had them printed or getting them up on your scanner and looking at them on the screen and getting excited. That is a wonderful feeling. And I think that everyone should experience that. Um, this is a kind of more technical, a, a bit more of an obscure, not technical one. But in a, in a way, I... So film is essentially capturing light on paper. That is how... Um, that is how negatives work. They you expose the film; it's light-sensitive paper onto to the light in the room or in the outside world, and it gets imprinted onto paper. And I find that magical. I genuinely find that absolutely incredible. That 
you can almost capture a moment in the past and lock it away forever. That negative will live on as long as long as it, you know, as long as as time essentially. Um, which means that you have captured a moment of the past and it's forever locked in this paper. And I just find that wonderful that we can do that, that we can um, capture time and look look at it in that way. Um, yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. Okay, so I feel like there was more that I needed to say there and I've maybe it'll come to me later, but we're going to move on to... Um, how you can actually get started. So I I think it's occurred to me that a lot of my followers and listeners have perhaps never shot film. If you have and you're like a film nerd and I sound like a crazy person, please don't worry about listening to this. But um, if you haven't ever shot film before and you want to get started, hopefully these will help you to get on that journey and have fun with it. So if you're really nervous or you just don't want to spend much money, but you do want to give it a go and see if you like it, 100% go down and get yourself a disposable camera. You can get them on Amazon in sort of packets, or you can get one-off single ones, or I know that in Boots in the UK, in the pharmacies, they still sell disposable cameras, so go and grab one and use it. They're super fun. I actually love disposable cameras because I have no control over how things are going to look and sometimes that can be just as fun. I've actually taken quite a lot of disposable cameras on holidays with me because they're a lovely way of having something, A, they're really lightweight um, and that whole sort of forgetting what you've got, capturing the moment kind of thing, um, but they're, they're really easy to use and they're a kind of brainless way of doing it but you get that film quality from them. So if you want to give it a go, 100% don't feel bad about your first roll of film being shot on a disposable camera. That is nothing to be ashamed of. Um, The other thing is eBay. If you want to get your first film camera, um, if you don't have one, definitely first port of call should always be your family. You'd be surprised how many people I've spoken to who went and asked their grandparents if they had any old film cameras lying around and hey presto, there they were. (laughs) There was all the film cameras they could ever want right then and there in the attic. Your parents might have some lying around as well. So don't be afraid to ask family, friends if they have any old cameras that you could borrow or that they don't want anymore. Um, You'd be surprised what you'd find. The next port of call can always be charity shops and car boot sales. The only risk with this stuff is that the cameras will probably be cheap, but you don't you don't have the guarantee that they'll work very well. Um, someone asked me yesterday in a Q&A about film, how do you know if a camera is going to work properly? I am the least technical photographer you'll ever meet, so I can't really give you advice on that. I'm sure there are loads of articles online if you just go on Google and search how to know if a camera is working or not. Um, it would. I'm sure you'll get loads of information. But I have always bought from camera shops, even online camera shops, because I am not a very good person at judging whether they're going to work or not. 
The Actually, the only exception for that is the main film camera I use, which is a Nikon F100. It's actually the last film camera that Nikon ever made, um, the last SLR they made. I think it came out in 2010. Um, and I bought mine on eBay for 80 quid, which is really cheap. Um, I got it in one of those, um, what are they called? Auctions. Um, and I won it and it was worth a lot more than that, but I didn't have the guarantee that it was going to work, so, um, because it was just sold from someone individual, uh, of course in the description it said it did, but I didn't know for sure, the only thing I think when it arrived was it had this weird, like, sticky film on it, um, I managed to get that off with a little bit of rubbing alcohol, um, but every other film camera I've bought, I've either bought in person in a camera shop, um, there are loads in London, I'm sure there are loads all over the world in major cities, uh, and they they resell and refurbish old film cameras, so that's a really great place to go, um, if you want to be guaranteed it's going to work. Otherwise, eBay. eBay is your friend. I have bought so many cameras, so many bits and bobs of eBay, lenses, all kinds of things, um, and I do try most of the time to buy them from shops on eBay that are camera shops specifically. Often these are eBay um, shops that are also brick and mortar stores, so they are, you know, in-person shops. Um, Maybe they're up in a different country or a different part of the country, and they also sell on eBay. So I, I do recommend doing that. You can find amazing prices on eBay and sometimes if you do an auction, you might just get really lucky and get a really expensive camera for very little like I did. Um, okay, and then the next thing is buying film. So there are all kinds of different film and there are expensive ones and cheap ones. I personally love shooting Kodak Portra film. Um, the reason it's called Portra is because it was made with skin tones in mind um, for portraits, hence the portra, portraits. Um, I personally love that film. I've shot with Fuji, um, I've shot with all kinds of things. I also, if I'm shooting black and white, I personally like Ilford, um, but if you don't want to spend money, if you just want to give it your first go, get on Amazon and type in 35mm film and you will find all kinds of things go with whatever feels good. Um, if you want to go straight for the, the tw- top quality stuff, Portra is expensive, Kodak Portra, um, but it gives you the best results and I love it so much. It's worth every penny to me to spend money on that film. Uh, if you don't want to buy online, if you want to buy locally, most shops in the UK at least still have most towns, sorry, most towns still have a shop um, that is kind of photo related, whether they are um, printers or we ha- in Falmouth, we have an actual camera shop still what, that develops film and sells prints and uh, sells secondhand cameras and camera stuff in general. Um, but I know that in major cities, there's also a brand called Snappy Snaps. These all sell film. Um, most towns in the UK have got shops that sell film in them still so if you live in the UK 100% look look in town um if you live in the rest of the world I'm not quite sure I can advise you um online might be your best bet but don't discount looking in town as well because 
film is still being made, film is still being sold. So, and if you go and buy it in, in shops, you're helping the local businesses. So don't discount that. Um, I do recommend starting with 35mm. Um, it's the cheapest, it's the easiest, I think, to get started with. Most of the affordable film cameras are going to be 35mm cameras. Uh, the next step up is medium format, which is what a lot of people who get into film graduate to. I have got some medium format cameras. Um, at the moment, I don't have anything that I like shooting on enough in my style to suit um, medium format. So I don't actually shoot much medium format, but I am looking into ways I could start shooting more of it in future. So come back soon, I guess. Um, maybe I'll be shooting more medium format and who knows, maybe I'll become one of those people who has graduated to wanting to shoot nothing but medium format. Um, but once you've got your film and your camera and whatever camera that may be, go out and shoot it. That is the best advice I can give you is don't hold back or feel nervous about it take your time, don't rush it, and maybe go out with a friend or a model that you know really well and feel very comfortable with and you're not worried about, you know, needing to take more time with them or needing to sort of a, sort of fumble about a bit. Take your time with it and let yourself experiment. Don't worry too much about the results. You might find that half your role has come out overexposed or underexposed, that doesn't matter. A little tip here is that film, unlike digital, does better overexposed than it does underexposed. Um, film captures more information in the highlights than it does in the, in the blacks and the shadows. So if you are in doubt, go a little bit overexposed rather than underexposed and you'll capture more information which means you can pull back a bit more information from the highlights if you mess up a little bit um it can it, you can pull a little bit out of the shadows as well so you've got a little bit of leeway but not a huge amount um and I feel like I need to mention this because I've been on a lot of shoots recently with 17 18 19 year old models and they don't know what film is all the time. So don't open the camera. Like, oh my god, for the love of god, don't open the back of the camera. I mentioned at the start that film works because you expose it to light. So if you expose the entire roll of film to light by opening up the back of the camera while it's still in it, while it's still un unwound, you will expose the entire roll of film that you've just shot to the light and it will be, you'll basically get a white, white blank film developed instead of any photos. So before you open the back of the camera to get the film out, make sure you've wound the film back into its canister. There will be an easy way to do this. Normally you hold the bottom of your camera, there's a little button and then there's a winder. You hold the bottom of you hold the button in and wind the film back in, and it will go back into the canister. And when you open the back of the camera, you won't see any film. You'll just see the little canister in it. So bear that in mind. My camera, my Nikon F one hundred, automatically rewinds the film into itself, which is very easy and very very convenient. So just make sure that before you've done anything, and if in doubt 
go into a dark room and open it and make sure and like feel around. I've had a few times where I've shot on um, manual cameras um, and manually had to wind them back in and I've been unsure whether I've done it or not or if it's worked. Sometimes um, these older cameras, they most of them are very old. They were made in the 70s or 80s. Um, they can be a bit clunky. So go into a dark room. We have a bathroom with no windows. I'll go in that and block off all the light and just open it up and feel inside and see if it's still wound or not. Um, so that's just, I felt I needed to say that. <laughs> um, when you're done, send it off to a lab. I'm going to list some of my favourite UK labs. Um, I think I know of a few US ones as well. I'll do some research and see what I can find. But if you don't know of any labs in your area, go on Google re and just type in uh, film labs in France, film labs in Germany, film labs in London, whatever you want, and you will find some. There are still functioning film developing labs all around the world in every single country. So um, you will find someone that can develop your film for you. Once you've done that, you need to send it off to them and if you don't have a scanner like I do, I would recommend um, asking them to develop and either put your images onto a USB for you or a CD or send you back physical prints. Uh, for years, I would just get physical prints done and just keep them for my own personal use. Uh, once in a while, I'd scan them into my um, scanner, but most of the time it used to just be prints, which is always lovely. Uh, these days I have my own film scanner, so I bought, I got, well I got given one for Christmas last year by my, my parents, which was very kind, um, so I actually now just send my film off to get developed, and then they send it back to me and I scan it in myself. This just keeps my cost down a little bit, and uh, you can have a bit of control when you scan images in to the colours and um, the highlights and the shadows and the way it gets scanned and the resolution and all that sort of stuff. Um, but if I work with a client um, and if I want the scanner quality to be really high, I would look at getting them scanned in by the lab as well. They are professionals at that, so they, they do know what they're doing most of the time. Um, well, they do know what they're doing. So if in doubt, just, just get the lab to do it. It costs a little bit more money, but it can often be worth it. Um, I'm going to list a whole bunch more of resources and YouTube channels into the show notes of this episode um, because there is a huge community of and a movement of people shooting film, especially people in their you know, 20s like me who are maybe of a generation that didn't shoot as much film growing up. Um, there are YouTube channels galore, there are blogs, there are all kinds of amazing resources that you can use to learn film. They're what I've learnt. I didn't know any of this until recently. I didn't know how to scan anything in. Um, oh, that's what, that was another thing I wanted to mention earlier. That was what it was. I'm enjoying learning something new. I, you know, I'm sharing all this information with you today, but for me, this is all very new. I didn't learn this at school. I didn't learn this at uni. Um, I've, I've known photography for a long time, but shooting film is, is like a new thing. So it's, it's really fun for me to have something new to learn and to have, to be making mistakes and to be excited about a new process, to learn how to scan things in, um, and you know, what the resolutions need to be. 
how to get the film to expose properly. All these things are really interesting and exciting for me to learn. Um, and I'm hoping to continue learning more and more as the time goes by. And I'm, I'm sure that there are many of you out there who want to do the same. So hopefully all the resources that I list, they are the ones I've used and continue to use. And I'm sure that they will help you as well. If you have any more questions about film and shooting on film that you want to ask me personally, feel free to ask. I am available to help via Instagram DMs. If you really have a long question, you can email me. Um, my email address is info at um, and I'm happy to help. Okay, that was a lot of me talking for half an hour. I hope that you found that interesting and if you do send, if you do shoot film after this, after listening to this episode, please send them to me. I would love to see what you create. I hope you have a beautiful day and a lovely rest of your week and I will speak to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of It Starts With A Click. If you enjoyed it, please come and let me know over on Instagram at Olivia Bossett. That's my handle. If you'd like to learn more about fashion photography in general, then head over to my website. It's www.oliviabossert.com. I blog weekly all about fashion photography and I also have a huge free resource library, which is full of free downloads. Downloads include a pitching email course, which is a five part free email course. Um, all about pitching. There's an ebook which is all about using Instagram and Pinterest to market your business. And there's even an email template file of how to pitch yourself it's word for word. It's the email I use when I pitch myself to brands. So go and get that. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on whatever app you're using to listen. And make sure that you don't miss future episodes because they're going to be amazing. I will see you next week. Bye!